This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Crudforge. You know Crudforge, they're the former Incel Riot Studios. Well, Crudforge is an amazing independent game creator. Not tabletop, but board and card games, and uh, they're more politically aligned where we want them to be. You've got to check out their two games. The, The one I want you to check out this week is Virtue Signal, the card game. Virtue Signal is a quick and easy game to get some chuckles and some political steam blown off at your table. Go to shop.crudforge.com and check out Virtue Signal the game. While you're there, you can also see POZ, the Portland Occupied Zone. We'll talk about that down the road. Both of them are available free shipping. Shop.crudforge.com It is a place to go. We always have to support independents, especially independent creators that are on our side side of the fence so there's no reason not to support them shop.crudforge.com trust me check out virtue signal you'll have some laughs and your table will appreciate it now on with the show Hey, 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 welcome everybody. My name is Ryan David. It's another week and we're all here. Uh, There are no vacations this week. I hear my good friend chuckling. Everybody say hello to Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. You're laughing because you're going to be gone next week. That's what it is. Right. It's my turn for vacation soon. That's okay. Uh, it's, It's that time, right? We are all just enjoying a little bit of downtime. And you know what? Gosh darn it, we deserve it. Uh, it, it was interesting. We we had a fun show last week on Nerd Cognito where we got to revisit a segment that sort of fell through the cracks the first time we aired it. It was a soft week for whatever, but it was a great segment talking about the death of the friendly local gaming store. Uh, speaking of death, our good friend Dying Breed, Kyle. How are you doing? Back- Top of the morning to you. Yeah, I know. Top of the morning to you. You're not, you're not, you know, jet lagged and ridiculous. You just flew in from your big trip. Uh, Do you have a lot of fun? Yeah, obviously you went to Ireland. We had a great time. We went to Ireland and uh, I drank some whiskey. I drank some stouts. No, uh, I saw, no, I saw you a lot didn't of cute- drink in Ireland. <laughs> I saw some uh, saw some really attractive redheaded women and uh, oh. shocking redheads are, redheads are hot surprise surprise <laughs> coming in with the comment about the redhead before I did <laughs> we've got a special <laughs> guest this week everybody say hey to Randy Nichols from Biggest Geekest Randy hey guys yeah hold on hold on a second I got I gotta park my park my pony. You gotta park something in that redhead. I'll tell you what. Oh, they do taste better. <laughs> anyway. Oh shit! What's what, are sweet. What the hell were we talking about? Uh, see what you did, Kyle. You, you go away for a week, and this is what happens. Uh, Bert, because of Kyle's absence. Kicking and screaming. No, I can't say that. Bert was a good sport about it. He made his streaming debut on the Speakeasy, not just this week, but two weeks ago. Back-to-back Bert's on the Speakeasy. (laughs) Bert, have you recovered yet? You're not shaking and... Uh, no, but it's good to be a voice from the ether and invisible again. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I I looked a couple of times and I'm like, he's not 
uncomfortable, but he's not totally comfortable either. And I, I thank you for pinch hitting for us on, on the speakeasy. I tried to get Randy on, but schedule just didn't work. So I, know, I would like to have been, but yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. You know what? Down the road, I'm sure there will be a time where you could pop sure. in. Speakeasy is really interesting. You know, we we have our format here and we have our topics and we have the news and we have all, all of those things that we do on Nerd Cognito. All of that is out the window on the Speakeasy. It's literally just us talking about whatever. It's kind of like our, our pre-show here that folks don't get to hear, right? When we're off the air, it's just us uh, shooting the breeze. But uh, it's been very well received, incredibly well received. Um I am humbled by the number of folks that are making the speakeasy part of their Saturday afternoon. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good deal. So what have you been up to Randy? Oh, well, as I'd mentioned off air, I've been uh, dieting this week. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's yes. It's it's a tough, (laughs) but it's good. I I think I've got my mind around it. I've been talking about it for a couple of years and uh, I've been doing that as far as game wise stuff. uh, Not a whole lot this week. We had a little, get together last night a bonfire with some friends and that was fun into the i wouldn't say the wee hours but it is for an old man like me midnight or so so we had a good time hey you but, make it uh, to midnight at our age and you get a medal so yeah <laughs> all right so yeah i did get my uh i guess i get one thing i did, did accomplish this week game was is i got my adventure printed i ordered me some copies from lulu and uh, i'm excited about that to see it in print so that'll be fun that is, uh, you You did send a preview copy. Yeah, um, if you guys get a chance to look at it. We're going to shoot it out to the whole team here. I, I, I didn't yeah. do it this week. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Real yeah, life has been insane for me this week. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. But we will absolutely uh, dig through it. and yeah, uh, check it out. If we hate it, I'll just email you. But more than likely, we'll talk about it on the show. So. My feelings don't get hurt easy, and you don't get better without criticism. So there no, you go. I absolutely agree. You know, it's no secret that I had a super early alpha release of Auras that was just really put out there so that folks could have, like, a potpourri and sort of taste it like a smorgasbord and say, oh, this is what this is going to look like, and this is what this is going to look like. And I got great feedback, both positive and negative. And some folks looked at it like it was a totally complete system because they don't freaking read. Uh, it, it was not a complete system. It was it was just a, a preview. But nonetheless, I, I had really good thoughts from everybody that I sent it to as well as the folks that just went out and got it off of, oh, don't don't hate me, Randy. It's, it's on drive-thru. Hey, they're the big daddy. I can't help it, man. They're the... Big man on campus. You got to do what you got to do. We, uh, this week, we're going to, you know, every time we have any sort of shakeup in the schedule, I get buried under a mountain of news. So we've got a ton of news. We're just going to, you know, go around the horn and, and talk about, it's pseudo speakeasy, right, Kyle? The first segment? Because we don't really have a delineated thing that we're doing. Yeah, we don't we don't have a series of topics. We're just going to kind of uh, maybe discuss banter, uh, yeah. talk about the state yeah. of gaming slash the OSR slash, oh, dare I say, Twitter TTRPG space. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we have the news, and on the back side of the news, since it is travel season, you know, I went. I don't call it a vacation. I visited my parents. 
for six days <laughs> in oh, South man. Florida. <laughs> oh, um, yikes. In August? Oh. In August, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah. you know, they're getting up there. Uh, they are in, in, in their 70s, and dad's health has been poor for years. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'll just put it out there. He was diagnosed uh, six years ago with congestive heart failure and so far has completely beaten the odds, right? That's, that's like a six-month death sentence, and he's still chugging on just fine, just the same. So good for him. Uh, Mom is freaking insane. <sighs> Kyle, my mother yes, was the top executive in school systems around us. Uh, the title changes state to state. She was a superintendent here. Okay. I, I don't know what it is in, in your neck of the woods. Um, superintendent. Is she still a superintendent? But um, it is. It is. It is around here. Yes. When you do that for 20, 30 years, you have a real hard time letting go of telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, when I, when I was, you know, a mouthy teenager, she was an assistant superintendent. And I said, don't you fucking assist me. And, you know, not the thing you say to your mother. But when we got into it, that's what I would say. So to this day, when she tells me what to do, I tell her I don't need an assistant. And, and um, no. she tried to assist the world while I was down there. Uh, not a vacation. I, I'm jealous of you, though, because your, your trip to Ireland, uh, you know, I, you and I talked a little bit about it. It looked fantastic. Uh, Randy, where'd you go? Oh, nowhere too exciting. I went down to uh, southern Indiana, down where I'm from, real close to Louisville, Kentucky. So I visited family, had a big reunion, got to see and hang out with friends I haven't got to see for it's been a long time with. It was great to reconnect. So it That's was an awesome 10, 10 days, yeah. I, I will, I'll trade you. You can go and see my parents. Oh, <laughs> did I mention that my 98-year-old grandmother lives with them? It was no picnic. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Bert... Bert, you're gone next week. You're going to Key West. A week on the beach. I got some sport fishing planned, a rum distillery tour, and just enjoying a week relaxing with the wife. Sounds no like chores, fun. no craziness. So we've all had a dose of not being at home. And on the flip side of the news, I think that we should talk about how real world differences. And what do I mean by differences? I mean, when we go to places that are outside of our normal zones, how do those affect us in game world and in world building, right? We all steal from the things that we see, hear, taste, and experience, including the redheads. And we ha insert those things into the game, right? How does our most recent travel experience and travel experience in general translate to your tabletop. I think that's a, a very interesting, we'll see, it might completely bomb <laughs> <laughs> segment to talk about. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I think it'll be fun. Anybody do any good gaming this week? Uh, I did a little Pathfinder, and I got a callback from the guys from the Fallout group. We talked about that on the Speakeasy a little bit. They're super excited. They're all they. I've had 
two of them already call me to ask me when the next game day is for that fallout group so very cool uh, I, I i did very little myself i had uh, no, no obviously no time um <laughs> i was bantering back and forth with uh our good friend uh dungeon delver and delver was making a joke about how we should all get together and play a game and i said yeah you're gonna dm it right <laughs> uh, but wouldn't that be spectacular kyle you down to to run in a campaign if delver is your dm depending on the schedule i am very interested i like delver a lot i think he would run a great game uh, yeah well it, it was just sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek sort of conversational thing i barely I know the no, guy. No. oh no Randy. no you're you're no, yeah, he's cool. committed now. He's committed now. He put it out there. He's committed now. <laughs> Randy, this is, this you would love fall. him. You would love him. The, the he man seems has, like a good cat. He's forgotten more about Advanced yes. than I know. I believe that. Yes. And yes. he is just a wealth of information and an all-around good dude. Uh, I, I try to give respect to almost everybody in our sphere right there's some people that have lost that respect but generally speaking i'm i have a reputation but i try to be respectful right that man has the utmost level of my respect just because of not only the wealth of information that he is and the 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 font of experience but just how he carries himself i wish i could not get in trouble <laughs> like Delver not does not get in trouble. Um, besides that, he's such a great guy in general. Um, we we're, I, we got to have him on the show. We talked about it. I I think Kyle down the road. Uh, he said he'd like to do the speak with us. Which how phenomenal would that be? Right. That would be a good one for uh, I think because because you know, of the unscripted part. You know, we yeah. kind of talk and you know see where the conversation takes us no he he's uh like i said he is on my mount rushmore of osr folks if if that makes sense right um and i'm fortunate that some of the other folks in my mount rushmore i've i've had the fortune to work or work with right but um i'm looking forward if if he takes us up on our our offer and he he did say he wanted to do it so um cool down the road i think it would be a great like you said kyle just having that you know free form outlet uh yes. delver's the perfect candidate so. <laughs> yes cool. yes yes he is yes he is and he's he's talked to gary gygax on the phone yeah yeah, I heard him say uh, that. that. That's on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel, and you can listen to, to oh, that. Oh, you can interview. listen. To, oh, I'll have to check that out then. It's it's an old recording, but uh, you can, I mean, you can hear it. And he interviews Gary, and uh, there's a lot of great information in that. It's really eye-opening. And, I mean, you know, like Ryan said, he, he belongs on the Mount Rushmore of the people who know their shit. Yeah. Without without a doubt. And Bert has no idea who we're talking about because Bert's not on socials. <laughs> oh, I, I know who Gary Gygax is, so I'm impressed by that. <laughs> no, the, that recording is like one of the, the, the classic and quintessential listens that's on YouTube for our hobby. And um, just tremendous, you know respect all right enough enough i'm gonna i'm gonna run out of lotion here if i keep going on delver delver we love you 
You didn't ask me if I did any gaming. Well, I'm getting there, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> me too, me too. Oh, geez, you're a bunch of fucking unruly children. <laughs> What's the gaming scene in Ireland? I, I, I know well, there's, there's one thing that I want you to talk about that you sent me a picture of privately. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm getting ready to do. All right. Man. I, didn't do, I didn't. I didn't do any gaming, but we were in Killarney, which is in County Kerry, Ireland. It's on the southwestern portion of the island. And uh, walking around town, and I see this place, the Guild Hall. And they've got their little logo, and I don't remember what all there is, but there's a, a D20 hey, on their logo. Good, and I'm like, oh. Good name. So far, I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, I'm like, okay, well, this is intriguing. So uh, we were there the first day. They were they're open from eleven to seven. Okay, short hours for a gaming shop. So that's what I thought too. And so it was, and we were there at like seven thirty. So they were closed. However, you can book them for after hour deals. It's basically a uh, a gaming space. You can they have tables and they they have they have some stuff for sale. They have a few products that you can use but it's uh it's kind of a central meeting point i guess for people in the area to come and to come and game that's cool i just by the way dollar signs lit up in my eyes because booking afterwards right uh there is a peak time for retail and a peak time for not and it's the the quintessential uh question that every gaming store has and you know i have some input in one of our gaming stores in the area um that is brilliant and stupid simple, and I hate myself for not thinking of it right now. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And we were there like 7.30, 8 o'clock, and we couldn't go in, but we could look through the window, and there's a there's a couple of tables going, and there's people, and let me tell you, buddy, sparkles and glitter and unicorns <laughs> and mini donuts and... Uh, yeah. No, 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 let's be yeah. fair. Listen to me. Let's be fair to the Sparkle Trolls. How do you know this? Rainbow hair. <laughs> what else do I need? <laughs> okay, okay. The most the most poisonous species use bright <laughs> colors to attract their prey. My son, going into second grade, convinced his mother to take him to the salon and got his whole head dyed teal. Oh my! Well, <sighs> that's, a, that's grade, a bright though. color. It's a bright color, though, dude. Oh my God, Ryan! I okay. now I am not because of that. That that, that was a life altering moment, right? Because of that, does rainbow hair, does skittle hair, automatically qualify you as a sparkle troll? I mean. Okay, maybe so. not, but I mean, it's a good indication, <laughs> right? Especially I if you're 30. <laughs> it increases the probability. I'm with Kyle. I mean, for us growing up, you know, that rainbow hair was a, you know, was a symbol of the, like the punk movement. It wasn't. Yep. Right. Yeah, but it's not anymore, Bert. It's not anymore. We're, stop living in the past, man. Uh, I'm holding up <laughs> this can because I, it's called Dr. Pepper Red, right? And I happen to be drinking a Dr. Pepper and... For those of you that are recording with us, you can see me holding up a Dr. Pepper. Um, Bert, do you remember way back, and this would have been super early, like around the time we met when I dyed my hair this color? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if, if, if we had made the connection through the blonde devil at that time or not. 
But um, Kyle, for about eight yes, months, I had Dr. Pepper red hair, and it was past my shoulders back then. I was fucking fly. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, but but that's I, what you were playing Vampire the Masquerade then, right? Uh, it would have been third edition. Would have been third edition, okay. I, and 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 probably yes. Uh, not vampire. We moved on to mage at that point. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, oh, okay. it's white. It's white. It's it's early white wolf, so you get a pass, right? <laughs> I mean, here in high school, the- I shocked my hair white and dyed it blue, neon blue. It turned seafoam green for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, what did you do to get the white wolf babes? You know what you you. And I'm not knocking you. You got you probably have five years on most of us here, right? Yes. So you might have dodged the White Wolf Babe's bullets. I did. I didn't. Um, I mean, I'm, I have to admit, I, I did glance every once in a while. Some would look pretty awesome, but I was not into that, dude. It was vampire. I've never been into that. We played that just a teensy bit. I. It's not my jam. I hated the was. system. I hated it. I just didn't, I couldn't get into the, the LARPing was like the Gen Con. They'd have this. Oh, uh, we, we didn't up. do that. We still sat. Right. Exactly. And, and did it, but it was, it, it, I, I was going to say we sat around the table, but we didn't. We sat around the living room with some right. hot ass goth girls and a bunch of yeah. nerds. And I was, yeah. I don't know if this is a stretch, but I was the most socially adaptable nerd in that group right so the other yeah. nerds really hated me because <laughs> yeah i did all right you could talk to girls you i, could talk to I girls. did all right <laughs> and, and, did I. and bert knows the the blonde devil played in that group with us so i did not know that yeah i uh you gotta admit though white uh white wolf systems were mechanically better than shadow run though oh uh, I, I didn't well, i didn't like shadow run I, I, I agree with bert <laughs> I Shadowrun was a mechanical nightmare. I don't know. At least I don't first know. edition was. White Wolf still was loosey-goosey to the point where Shadowrun had some convoluted fucked up shit, but Shadowrun's shit at least was on paper. With White Wolf, a lot of it was in mm. the ether, right? Kyle. It was, but I, but I kind of, I actually kind of agree with Bert on this. Um, Shadowrun, at least first edition, like he said, I, I owned that game. You talk about crunch heavy, <laughs> especially, especially when you start getting into combat and stuff. Man, that's just. I and it was such know. an interesting setting. I wanted to love that. It system. was. It was the, the setting is fantastic. We joked this, on the speakeasy the this week terrible. that I was having math flashbacks when he mentioned Shadowrun before. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds great then. I know, I know you love it, Professor. Well, you know, I'll tell you, one of my experiences with the vampire was with well, Vampire the Masquerade. It really wasn't me playing the game. I remember I was hardcore to D&D. I was, uh, God, I guess I was... It was it was vampire was still pretty big and I had a, I was teaching high school at the time and a student comes up to me and he knew I played D and D and he's like we don't play D and D we play Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> you know it's it's more about character development stuff like that then he proceeds to tell me how strong his vampire is he can throw cars along the way yeah that's not a power fantasy to be a vampire fighting mortals <laughs> it's like get out of here wow come on. Oh, there, there, there was a lot of main character syndrome in Vampire. Yeah, there was a lot of drama. 
you didn't do the voice, Randy. Oh, we oh. don't play vampire. <laughs> or we don't play Dungeons and Dragons here. We play vampire. Oh, I had another, and I had a young lady come to me at college where I teach, and uh, she, we were doing. A, I was trying to get a game club going. This was early on in my career, and she's like, well, "What is this about?" And I said, "Well, we play Dungeons and Dragons stuff like that." And she's like, "I only play." vampire and she walked off just like that and i was like my bad randy did you know that i at one time was teaching at, at an institution as well postgraduate you had told me that once uh i also had a group of students that wanted me to run something um mm -hmm. but it was they they brought their books and it was all fifth edition i said get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not running that shit right uh, we actually, uh, we I actually got to go into the guild hall the next day. Uh, oh, cool. I made a point of getting back in time for their for their business hours, and we went in there at, at two in the afternoon. And uh, it, it's mostly uh, Warhammer, Warhammer forty k actually. That doesn't surprise um, me. And that's that's the big thing. I you know I, I walked around the shop and and saw some of the things that they had for sale, some of the stuff they had for public use. And it was predominantly uh, Warhammer 40K. Um, there wasn't anybody there except for the clerk, and I assume probably an owner or perhaps another clerk there at the time. Uh, they would barely speak to me. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess maybe you know uh, the reputation of dying breed preceded himself. I don't know. We do have uh, a reasonable amount of listeners from the UK. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, I really got the vibe that they just wanted me to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. Warhammer so, um, people. But they were, there was, yeah, you know, one was on a laptop doing something. I don't know what. I can only assume probably fucking a bear on Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the you other guy. You listened to inappropriate characters this week, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that was one of the things that we talked about on Sunday night. So, uh, shoot. Well, Randy. Yeah. Gamers are interesting even in Ireland. <laughs> not news for anybody, huh? Yeah, not for me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There we go. It's a big one this week, boys. We've got two weeks worth of news. So oh I'm probably going to be picking and choosing as I go through here. It's uh, going to be quite a bit. We're going to start out with something positive that we talked about on the show before that uh, I know at least Bert and I were looking forward to more information coming out about, and that is the Fallout television show. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We know that Amazon is producing it for Prime Video for release next year. But now oh, we've got, some, I know, right? Hold hold on to your hats. Uh, we got a little more information about it. Um, we're we're going to be looking at an original story set in and around Vault 33. So, new vault oh. in the Fallout universe. And uh, Vault 33 is located in, here, let's go around the horn. Disqualify yourself if you know. But tell me where, if you could place this, where would you put Vault 33? It is a new Fallout location. I'll, I'll give you that hint. We'll start with Randy. 
I'm not a Fallout guy, dude. You're talking to the wrong guy. All right. <laughs> I know. I, I'm not the guy. I have no clue. Randy about said, Fallout. "Get out." <laughs> no clue. I would like to see something in the southeast United States. They haven't really said anything in the south. You know, we've had a lot of northeastern stuff and some, you know, NCR stuff, New Vegas, but you know, Florida, Georgia, just be interesting to see a different part of the country. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, now, to be fair, 76 is West Virginia. Um, right. But I don't know. That it's clearly not southeast, but it's no. it's more rural south feeling in some areas. I, I, I will give them that. Kyle, where would you plop down Vault 33 if you're a Vault Tech supervisor? Tallahassee. Oh, oh. <laughs> the redneck capital <laughs> of the dick of the United States. <laughs> uh no, because it's close to the thirty-third parallel, well, thirty-three. Fair, okay, interesting, but uh, wrong all the way around. <laughs> okay, bad um, opinion, guys. Bad opinions. Vault thirty-three <laughs> is <clears throat> located within the boundaries of the New California Republic in Los Angeles, California. So we are going so, to have fallout in post-apocalyptic Los Angeles, presumably. So uh, basically well, I mean, like modern-day L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it will have the correct ethnic de- dissemination amongst the cast yes, as well. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, so how long do you think before we see an NCR Ranger? First episode or second I think we're going to see NCR probably right off the bat because they're openly pumping NCR in the preview materials that they have released. Um, Still don't have a trailer yet. We do have some artwork and we have a title card for Vault. It's, it's, you know, Vault Boy giving the old thumbs up wearing his Vault 33 suit and uh, it's it's got the Hollywood Hills in the background. Um, so we shall see. Interestingly enough, that, along with some of the other materials that have been pumped out, have sparked some controversy amongst our good friends. Oh, yes. <laughs> I lost my pearls. I don't know what I'm going to clutch. <laughs> but they're speculating that... that, that the new Fallout show might be using AI artwork. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. We're losing our mind because, get this, creators are using a fucking tool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing how it's bad if I use it, but it's okay if corporations use oh yeah they're not gonna have a problem when they have their ai dungeon master but they're gonna have a problem with the ai artwork so yeah yeah there's already calls for full disclosure on the creation of this fallout artwork and my answer is get fucked (laughs) i understand that we're having the same issue at the university now college where uh AI, chat, GPT, and things like that, they are, they're changing the landscape. It's changing the landscape. We have to, the way we teach, the way we do things. And at first I was like, oh, cheat, cheat, cheat. But it means we got to get a little better. And who's to say maybe there's not a way to, I mean, if a student, if the most intelligent 
form of chat GPT, for example, and I'm talking in my sphere, can help them write a paper in their own voice, which it kind of can. It can. There is a certain amount of learning. You have to kind of challenge some different things, but maybe, I mean, some teachers across the country are not calling that cheating. They're saying they're accepting it. So I, I don't know. To me, it still, it seems funny, but I, I think maybe if on to try to look on the positive side of these things, maybe even uh, AI art will push artists to be better and more unique. That's exactly it, right? They're going yeah. do better, do maybe better. Um, <clears throat> and, and the folks that, that are really up in arms about it are not the successful folks that make a living as artists. They are the folks that are Tumblr artists that are looking for character commissions to draw your tiefling with a big old schlong for 10 bucks. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it's true, Kyle. Every legitimate artist that I know, uh, I'll put one out there, that everyone knows is not a fan of mine. The basic expert. Mm -hmm. Yes. By trade is an artist. Yes. On record is saying doesn't bother him because he knows his art will stand. That is the attitude you need. Right? Yep. Anyway. But, uh, all right. Next up. Uh, I'll save that guy for next week. Uh, we're, we're just so inundated in news this week. Uh, so much, so much. Uh, oh, Kyle did some drinking yeah. while you well, you said you didn't do as much drinking as you wanted. Bert and I touched on this in the speakeasy, but we didn't we didn't want to dig deep because I knew it was probably going to come up on the big show and here it is. A new Dungeons and Dragons inspired bourbon is coming out. Are you going to buy Quest's End Paladin the bourbon which is a no. product <laughs> I didn't even get there. He's like, no. no. Short answer is no. It is a super um, premium bourbon that is being bankrolled yeah. by Matthew uh, Willard. Yeah. yeah, they're all super premium bourbons. I mean, you know, just the bottom shelf to top shelf. It's all super premium bourbons. Uh, it, look, yeah, I saw that. Uh, actually, that's one of the things that I did not miss while I was gone. <laughs> and here, here's, here's my take on this good for him you know it's like if he if he can uh if he can make a buck off of that and uh you know and, it, and it's a decent taste in bourbon then more power to him but uh man i don't it's it, it it really goes hand in hand with this whole concept of 5e or 5.5e or whatever the fuck you want to call it now say the words man being a lifestyle there brand. it is <laughs> right right and I fucking hate that lifestyle brand. You know, it's. Yeah. Here's a question, though, guys. I have a question for Colin. You guys, I don't disagree with you that I find it annoying. And this guy's the dude that does uh, Beetle and Grimm's, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but when I was younger, if I saw anything with D&D &D on it, if it wasn't an actual D&D &D product, I was kind of like, wow. That's weird. I can get a cup with a dragon on it. I mean, <laughs> it sounds weird, but my point is, didn't we kind of look for that? I still do. Yeah. It. I'm holding up product that money went to Hasbro for. What is that? This is the this is the Venger yeah. and Dungeon Master uh, action figures. 
Oh. Figures. Yeah. Um, money went to Hasbro for that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it has the name and it has the nostalgia and it sucked me in. I can yeah. see people buying this saying, hey, we finished our campaign. Let's celebrate. Everybody gets a shot of quests and whiskey. There's there's a difference between a lifestyle brand and just merchandising, if that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? It's you know, so we can so we can put the logo on the trapper keeper and we can put the logo on the action figures and this and that. But when you start getting into consumables, in my opinion, <laughs> um you know, you're, you're starting. You're starting to cross a barrier where people are they're attaching their self identity to a corporate brand. I don't think that's healthy. Ginny D presents brand new Dungeons and Dragons tampons <laughs> for your trans puss. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. right. I uh. As a uh, whiskey drinker myself, I don't know that I want my bourbon to be lawful good. <laughs> <laughs> don't often go here, but I'm going here this week. Uh, professional wrestling. Randy, you a pro wrestling fan? <laughs> well, when I was young, I was crazy into it. And believe it or not, in about the last year, a friend of mine has gotten me back into it a little bit. I do enjoy it every now and again, but I don't like having any of the channels. I don't seek it out, but I watch it. He'll come over. We'll watch it sometimes. So Bert and I, I talked like about it. this almost a year ago. There is a new video game called WrestleQuest, and it has officially released on Steam now, where mm-hmm. you build a independent wrestler and take them all the way through up to the big leagues. It has some licensed wrestlers like Macho Man and Jake the Snake Roberts, this throwback guys. It's clearly being marketed towards us. You know, it is uh, what I would call HD 16-bit graphics. Um, oh, okay. But it's getting reasonably positive reviews. So hmm. um, I, I had it on, on my list just to follow and, and put out there. Uh, the reason I bring it up topically this week is the wrestling world has lost two very oh. prominent folks. Um, yep. uh, one of which I, I had the fortune to work with uh, when I was in uh, an entertainment division that paralleled uh, professional wrestling, and that was Terry Funk. Um, oh, yeah. The king of the deathmatch. Um, yep. Uh, we also lost uh, Wyndham Rotunda, better known as Bray Wyatt, who... Uh, represents probably the last legitimately good character that I, as a fan, could get into. Um, And he was 36, died of a mysterious heart condition. Hmm. Wonder if he had any vaccinations lately. Um, But uh, the wrestling world is definitely grieving with both of those losses. it It was a pretty catastrophic celeb death week. I don't know if you guys saw... Um. Just in general, we lost two wrestlers. We lost Bob Barker. Oh, I, <laughs> I saw that. Bob I Barker I saw that. got all the way up to 99 without going over. Um, yeah. Wow. And that's, that was, you know, tragic for me because, Bert, you particularly know um, my fondness for, for game shows. And yes, Bob was, <laughs> Bob was up there. He's, he's not 
the peak, but he definitely was a big influence for me. I, I do think Gene he, Rayburn was was better than. Oh, I was, was going to ask you who's your who's your. We should do that top ten game show host. Oh, you don't. We, do we have an hour? I, <laughs> I'm not that big, but I know some. I can do game shows like nobody's business. Okay. Um, it was it was a big deal for me. Uh, Gene Rayburn, uh, Dick Clark. Dick Clark was phenomenal Clark was as a game show host. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Chuck Barris, uh, for multiple reasons, including his game show hosting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'd rather name the ones that I don't like, right? Oh. Like, I can't stand Tom Kennedy. Burt Convy has grown on me. I was going to say, I, actually, I like Burt Convy. I used to not be able to stand Convy. And in my last five years of life, uh, I guess as I got older, Convy has grown on me. Um, but Tom Kennedy is up there with the ones I don't like. Bill Cullen, can't stand. Um <laughs> People are just switching the channel right now because they don't want to hear this. Yeah, they're all they're all gone now, right? I so know. Now you can talk about something controversial. Uh, we also <laughs> lost Arlene Sorkin this week, and if you don't yes. know, she was the original voice of Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated oh. Series. So, uh, pretty pretty rough week for celebrity death. Last of Us, you guys, fans of the show, not necessarily the game. I've played the game. I haven't watched the show. I watched I watched the show one season. Well, I guess it's just one season out. Do you like it, Randy? Mm, probably give it a, I don't know, six or seven. Really? Yeah. I really, really liked it, even with the Bill episode. I wasn't as I, grossly offended by that episode as everybody else seemed to be. That didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. I thought it was actually tasteful, tastefully done. Um I have my opinions about that, but I won't. It's nothing I got to worry about. It's not a big deal. Uh, but I wouldn't to see the monsters, dude. It's oh, not I, enough. I love that, that you monster, don't see dude. them. I'm... Oh, I don't know the game. I, my buddy's a video game guy. He got me into it. Same guy that likes professional wrestling. But uh, I tell you what, I just, the big dude that, I'm hoping, spoiler here. No, it, I, it's second. We're past Second it. or third episode. This big hole opens up in the ground. Big homeboy comes out there. And I'm like, I want to see what that guy can do. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed. I, I'm a big, big, big proponent of, especially with horror stuff, the fear has to be in your brain. And if you show too <laughs> much, it, it's gone. They show the right amount. You know what it is, but they don't overdo it in that show i i really so it's not meant to be a monster it's not a monster zombie thing you think it's more horror true horror i i think it's more post-apocalyptic drama than anything okay. else because the true evil in that show is other human beings as it should be oh yeah just like some of walking dead was early early on right um i didn't care for the little girl got on my nerves she didn't uh, bother after, me she bugged me after a while i, I guess you know Part of it is I just have a hard time when a 12-year-old's dropping F-bombs and just constantly, like, is, and I get it, it's post-apocalyptic, she's she's much more grown up than a normal 12-year-old would be, but it was just, after a while, and she, she kind of, I kind of liked her a little bit, but, eh, is she was not my favorite. Kyle, what do you think of uh, fungal zombies? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't watch The Last of Us? Oh, The Last of Us. Yes. Okay. You just said the show. I was like, what is this? Did I the not show? say the show name? 
I thought you did, yeah. I, I, I could be. I, my brain is Swiss cheese. You had week. to. Have. I would have never known what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm jet lagged. Last of Us. Uh, I haven't watched it. Didn't play the game. Um, I, I know the general premise. Here's, I mean, here's I, my litmus test, right? The boss and I watched it, right? And she obviously has not played the game. And she liked the show. So, okay. Um, it, it's, it's a hard sell. Believe it or not. For her, it's a hard sell to do nerdy stuff more than I force her right. to do as it is. And yep. um, she she was Same into here. it. Now, knowing the second game and the the arc that it takes, and by arc, I mean nosedive into the ground, mm-hmm. I'm concerned for where the show is going because I think that the story that they told with Bill and Ellie in the first season, which parallels the first game, right? had a lot of legs and you could continue that and they are jumping right to part two with the second season from everything that I could tell. The showrunners uh, were teasing that they have plans for four seasons. So um, everyone's sort of the stuff that was behind the curtain now that the, the silly strike is continuing to roll on. Everyone's saying, hey, well, this is what we've got. This is what we've got, you know. Uh, just to keep interest up on the show. Um, I also thought that Pedro Pascal in the show was absolutely the showstopper star of that show. Uh, he was good. He, he was, he was, he was really good, good. Yeah. Really, really good. Oh, boy. I guess we better wrap down the news here. We'll make this our final one for today. Critical Role <laughs> is making a new board game. Oh, I've always been I'm waiting for this. Uh, so, we are going to take the pollution out of the tabletop world and stick it into my other world, which is cardboard. <laughs> it's called <sighs> Queen by Midnight. And it is a combination of deck building and battle royale in a board game? Question mark? I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, there are very few, like, you you complain about certain story-driven RPGs because of the lack of a mechanical element, but for board games, you don't really see any story-driven board games with no mechanical elements. Well, I I will tell you this. The production value of the teaser photos looks amazing. That's not surprising. Would it not have the critical role thing? I probably would buy this game. I'm going to share with you, gentlemen, so that you can see this. Yeah, but I mean, the the quarter pounder looks amazing on the fucking commercials, too. I'll still (laughs) eat it. (laughs) I'll drive through. There's a beautiful McDonald's princess that will throw some meat in my mouth. <laughs> Wait a minute. Look at this. The production value of this game is spectacular. Hey, it looks like shit. <laughs> I'm a Good sucker for clocks. It's AI art. I'm out. AI art. I'm done. My question is, with the clock tower and the, you know, the title, is it a Cinderella story? Well, the Midnight Queen has died and has to invoke the rule by midnight as her final act. 
Uh, so there are princesses of 12-fold that you play out with the cards, and you have to do combat to earn the right to be the new queen. I'll bet you queens everywhere are lining up to play this game. Um, Fabulous. Fabulous. Princesses, princesses doing combat? Oh, please. Quickly, let's choreograph something. <laughs> oh, guys. Jeez, come on. Every princess approaches the battle royal with her own unique set of capabilities and magic. One might specialize in body mutating alchemy. The other could be an oniromancer, which is spinning the dreams to become the queen. Girlfriend, this is not a good theme. It looks spectacular. On on site, I would buy it. I don't want to play this game. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it sounds like an asymmetrical competitive, which I normally pretty much enjoy. Critical role aside. Yeah, but it's a card battler. <sighs> but don't... it's also a deck builder. And I found we've had a lot of fun with deck builders in the past. Princess decks contain <sighs> 200 themed cards that can be augmented by center 75 general bazaar cards. I don't know. If I'm going to play a deck builder. I'm going to pull out trains. Uh, deck deck builders aren't necessarily like collectible card games, though, right? No, Those are no. Uh, okay. Games like Dominion. Or, yeah, Dominion's uh, kind of mine. What's it? Legendary. Yeah, I don't like. Right? I don't like Legendary. A lot of people do. I don't. Um, uh, Clank is technically a deck builder, right? Um, I don't know, and man, I th I still think that a good, solid, basic deck builder can do it without all the flash and substance. It looks really good, but I, I don't want to play it. And that gentleman is our news. All right. So, critical role. Yeah. I, I almost don't want to wish them on the board game people. The board game folks are arguably more woke and crazy than the tabletop community. Really? Oh, it, it's it, significantly so, Randy. Oh, I've, I'm not in that. I don't. Uh, so on a scale of one bond. to ten, uh, tabletop community is probably seven. Board game is an eight or a nine as far yeah. as. Wow. Yeah, it's it's. it's I wouldn't think. I'm, well, who knows? I know how much you love gatekeeping. Ryan, I do. But uh, gatekeeping is, you good. know, if if critical can bring their massive audience into even part of their massive audience into the board game space, it's got to be good for board game developers. More copies sold, more people in seats. I disagree. It's good yeah. for mass-produced board games. It is bad for the independent guy, like right. Incel Riot Studios. Right. Oh, well. I they're agree. probably going to have trouble anyway. Well, Because yeah, yeah. their stuff's hilarious. Their stuff is hilarious, and yep. it, in that market... They've, they've got a, a tough hill to climb because we know one of the things that happens when you add pronouns is that you lose humor. So <laughs> it's a balance. It's, it's a yeah. careful balance. <laughs> if you and go to they, thems, you lose ha-has. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I think that there's enough room for multiple audiences. Look at how well things like... Offensive things like Cards Against Humanity or Red Flags did. Yeah, but those are terrible you know, games. Cards Against Humanity is inherently, as a game, not a good game. 
<laughs> it's barely a game. Right, right, but it, it does have that. It does have that strong. It sold like, because of shock element. value. It one hundred percent sold because of shock value. If you want a better card game than Cards Against Humanity, look no further than Virtue Signal from Incel Riot Studios. I'll, I'll right. put it out there. Full disclosure: they're our sponsor this week, but I would have said the same thing if they're not, because I despise Cards Against Humanity. I can write a bunch of dirty things and offensive things on cards, and if that's all I all I've got. Once the offensive wears off, I don't have a game. And that's the problem with Cards Against Humanity. It's fun for the right. first three hands. Until you get a card that is absolutely against something that you're morally aligned with, or until you, it just, you're numb to it. One of, the, one of those two is going to happen. And, and, then, and then you're out on Cards Against Humanity. And, and I'm not so saying Randy. that Cards Against Humanity is a great game. What right, I'm right. saying is that when you have material that can offend a group of people, I think that there's a widespread enough audience that if you have somebody that's going to enjoy that, I'm comparing, you know, more the, you know, an offensive theme rather than a game yeah. mechanic. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess cards is still doing well. I don't really know. I have no idea. Um, and I don't care if people play it. I think the big difference is this, and I don't want to get, well, I'm going to get political anyway. Look, so Randy tears up Blood of Christ and says, the game's not for me. I'm getting rid of my cards. Do I go out and say, oh, my God, you need to make sure we get all these people fired. I can't believe they wrote that about my about my Lord and Savior. Oh, my gosh, I'm so offended. No, I didn't do that. I just didn't play right. it. And my friends like it, and they play it. I don't. Right. So right. each their own, And man. if push comes play to shove with, and your friends you are like. playing it and you're there, you may play it. it I may sit down. It doesn't mean that you have to love it. So Correct. And, and it uh, also doesn't mean that you have to call for the head of the creator. You're, you're absolutely like, right. And I'm kind of, I feel like with Bert, though, I think I think it's uh, he's going to be right about if Critical Role jumps into board games right now, they just have a rabid following. And I've never been uh, into the Critical Role that much. I did watch the first season of the Amazon thing, and I thought, short of some of the oversexed crap in the cartoon, it was all right. Uh, but I didn't watch the second one. And I'm just... Uh, I mean, I'm not into those guys, people that like them, they're pseudo D and D or whatever they play. I mean, I get that it's, they're good, they're good actors, but they don't represent what a real game's like. No, it's a show. It's a show. And, but I mean, people like it. It's a, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like, Hey, good job. You guys found a niche. You knocked it out of the park. That's what you guys do. A lot of people like you, but it's not for me. Kyle, I know you got well, something. Yeah. I mean, critical role found lightning in a bottle. And I believe it, I, I absolutely believe it was a pure accident at the very beginning. And now they're capitalizing on it. Um, my comment would be that they're like the Pied Piper. And we need to be careful about the people that they are leading, the children they are leading into other spheres. Uh, I agree with Ryan. Gatekeeping is good. I mean, how long can they keep going, though? That's as long question. as the money keeps flowing in. And, and the money at is going to keep flowing in. They don't show any signs of stopping. <sighs> okay. They're Fair building enough. their own tabletop system, which then they're going to be able to self-promote on their vastly successful stream. And whether we like it or we don't like it, and again, you know, I don't think anyone here is strictly an OSR person, but we are pegged in the yeah. OSR corner of the hobby. 
and whether we like it or we don't like it, we're there. And the OSR corner of the hobby compared to their part of the hobby is incredibly small. And we have, oh, yes. to, and we have to admit that. So, um, sure. I don't think they're going to run out of steam anytime soon because as soon as it is not sustainable or at the profit level that they would want internally, and this is just more of a business thing, Mercer is going to be able to license or sell it to a major streamer before they, like, he'll know that it's starting to do this, but everybody else isn't going to see that, and he'll be able to still cash in top dollar and continue to collect the check through the death of it while someone else is going to pay him buckets and buckets of money for it, and he'll be able to sell it perfectly at the peak of the decline right and no one will know it's the peak of the decline except for him i, I think if he's got any sense yes and i think he does I, I i make fun of matt mercer right because he is an average uh voice actor but he's an incredible businessman and yeah. uh we've talked about it before he has on occasion lifted his skirt once or twice and I think when his audience starts to go away, he believes a lot more gaming philosophy that's more aligned with us than would be aligned with his audience. But he can't let that out because he, mm -hmm. he slipped a couple of times and boy, yeah, yeah. he sounds like an old grognard. <laughs> You're not the first person I've heard say that. I've not watched it enough to know. So, Oh, I, I don't keep up with it, but when those slips come, believe, people send them to me, right? Okay. <laughs> the stuff that people send me is amazing. Um, by the way, I want to shout out to Anna. Anna, you are absolutely the first and only Nerd Cognito simp, and uh, you can keep sending those messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle. And, and Anna's not yes, shy. But Anna has shared some very interesting things with printed out copies of the Nerd Cognito logo. <laughs> so, okay. Um, <laughs> I like her already. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's put Matt Mercer to bed. Not that way, you fucking sparkle trolls. Let's, let, let's move <laughs> into the end. Uh, we are going to go long this week, but that's okay because we gapped last week and we went short on the pre-rect episode. Um, all of us either have completed or are going to be completing our big summer trips. I and I, I never go on vacation anyhow, so I, a trip to my parents was big. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't go anymore. Like when, when you said you were going to Ireland, Kyle, I was like, that's very cool. I'd never do it. <laughs> no, I no, would. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you to Ireland sometime, man. You and I are going to meet up. I'm going to fly in over your part of the country. We're going to hop a plane together. We're going to Ireland. Me why don't Why don't I take a jumper to Midway and then we'll go to Vegas for a weekend instead? Ah, fuck Vegas. You need to go to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Scotland's pretty cool too. Been there. I, I've I've been to England. And not Ireland, but uh, again, when I was in that parallel to pro wrestling gig, mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of places overseas. Unfortunately, I only know the Marriott and the arena. <laughs> so um, that, that, that's truthfully it because there was no time to do anything else. 
And I absolutely promise I won't get you drunk and leave you in a sketchy part of Dublin. You will. You will. <laughs> <laughs> but some buxom redhead will, will, will take pity on, on, they'll be like, oh, there'll be a crippled American lass. <laughs> I'm going to have to suck his <laughs> so. Ryan, Ryan. Oh, look at this poor little fella. A little mouth-to-mouth-to-mouth resuscitation be necessary. <laughs> anyway, as you can see, travel can lead to fantasy. <laughs> and um, I, I think that all of the worlds that we build, all of us being effectively lifelong players, and some of us lifelong dungeon masters, have to do a lot of world-building. Um, I know for a fact that n while we have run modules, no one here right now, if given a table and a group, is going to long-term run a module. All of us are going to build a world. Right. So True. how does the real world influence not only our homes but specifically when we go away to places how does that influence your world building and i'm just going to let it go at that i don't have any more specifics than that what do you see what do you take what do you borrow what do you steal from your experience travel related that goes into your game randy go ahead i always look at um the landscapes um, that I don't see where I'm at here in Michigan and I go to other places, I look at, you know, wow, they have a lot of rolling hills or they have mountains. I mean, when I went to LA last year, I was like looking at, uh, looking at uh, the desert and then also the mountains and other places. And you're just like, it, it inspires me for when, when I imagine how to describe as a game master, I get to actually see not in a book, but for real, uh, the details of something of a piece of land that's not like my own. So I've always been inspired in terms of it helps me visualize what I need to describe to the players. That's been a thing that's really helpful for me when I actually can see different, different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say climates, but uh, just different sort of, uh, I guess the only word that's coming to me is landscape. So fair enough. Bert, how does your travel impact your world building? One of the uh, things that I've always struggled with in my campaigns is I, I is bringing NPCs to life. And so going to a different area and seeing unusual characters and meeting new people and having conversations with people and seeing those different personalities, I'll take little bits of, you know, that oddball I met at the airport or that weird gas station that we stopped at and bring those into my campaign and use some of those elements to make my NPCs feel a little more real. That's, that's, that's incredibly fair because if you were not doing that, then you're relying on two things and neither of them are good in large doses. They're both really good in small doses, but non sequiturs and stereotypes. They both exist right. because they're things, right? Sure. But you don't want a world full of stereotypical NPCs. If you have that, right. you're playing 5th edition. No. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Bert, did you read your new Planescape? If you haven't, oh, no. I'm going to no. send it to you. And, oh, you're no. gonna, and you finally 
will have your moment where flames shoot out of every orifice of your body. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not my they're... favorite campaign setting. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Mine too, Planescapes Bert. was my favorite. Oh, yeah, the City yes. of Doors and the, yeah. yes. Lady of Pain, it was all great. Kyle, exactly, all it was factions. amazing. Yep. You're building great. your world. How oh, does man. your real life worldliness impact that? Could I piggyback? Okay. I want, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cal. Go ahead. Well, I was going to piggyback off Bert's comment. I think, um, like, I know when I went to Scotland, I don't, and I'm sure just from inspiration, as soon as I came back, I started a campaign using, it's a Savage Worlds uh, setting called Rippers, where you play Victorian era monster hunters. And we started in Glasgow, and I used all the places I saw as action, as adventure locations. I literally used them, and it was a lot of, uh, not that my players necessarily thought it was that great, but I was being pretty real to the to the setting because I had just been there and uh, tried my you know best, worst Scottish accent. So it was pretty fun. That worked out pretty well. Kyle, how does your worldliness impact your world building? Well, since I just got back from Ireland, like yesterday, here's one of the things that... Uh, so I'm a big history guy and I, I love history and I, I learned a lot about Irish history and about how you could use that as a setting where you have this Island who gets invaded time and time again, you've got the Vikings, you've got the, the, the Norman invasion. Uh, you, you, of course you've got the British and um, we took a castle tour, and, which was very cool, but it also revealed a lot of the history and a lot of the tactics used by the castle defenders and what would happen during a siege and those sorts of things. And I was reminded while we were taking a lot of these tours of these castles of George R. R. Martin and A Song of Ice and Fire and how he essentially became a millionaire by ripping off the war of the roses. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was the link. It was the Lancasters, the Yorks and the Stuarts. Right. So, I mean, that was, that was, that was essentially game of Thrones. And so I can see things like the, um, and I, I, forgive me if I butcher the pronunciation, but the, the Irish mythic hero, Cuculain who was in Northern Ireland and yeah, <laughs> who was in Northern Ireland. And Is that how that's actually pronounced? Cause I've never been able to print I know the name. Oh, I can't say it to save my life. I don't know if that's correct or not. I think it's or, close. Cuckoo Lane defended Northern Ireland, uh, Ulster uh, predominantly. And he was the single warrior who defeated uh, all of the opponents of Northern Ireland. And the whole thing started because of a cattle raid it was known as the great cattle raid of cooley hmm. and which there were and because cattle raiding was you know that the early irish was very tribal and so there was a uh, a lot of there was a lot of cattle rustlers basically as we call them here in the states it was cattle raiding and people because cattle were that was what was wealth back then 
big money. It was, yeah. It, yeah, it was resources, you know, it was food and it was not, and it was, it not only was it food, but it was also a, a source of heat in the winter because they would bring them inside and they would storm below the floor of these round towers and these, and these houses and the people would live above the cattle because the cattle would bring in heat in the winter time to help keep them warm. So, so cattle was, were very important. And so the great cattle raid of Cooley is what started, uh, you know, it, it led to the Kukulain where he was, he essentially was their sort of Hercules, where he was a single, almost demigod who defended Ulster when no one else could against the most powerful people on the island at the time. Hmm. Um, I think that's very inspirational. You can also bring in uh, the butlers who were, um, sworn to, uh, you know, the whole divine right of Kings thing. They were servants of the Kings, but the butlers at the time were actually the wine stewards of the King. Uh, we think of butlers now as, you know, like, like Jeeves or, you know, the, you know, stuff from movies, but it was, uh, I learned a lot. And I think that I could take elements of that to create a world to world build where you have a nation that's been beset upon over centuries by many different invaders, how that's affected their culture, how that's affected their defenses, how that's, how that's affected uh, different aspects of their lives. It makes perfect sense to me, you know, and, and it sort of aligns with where I'm at because we are very established as a culture and I'm speaking specifically as an American, right? As an American culture, we're still so relatively new that when we look at these things, we see them in almost a romantic aspect where yes. Yes. The, the folks that are experiencing them every day don't see them in the same light. And I think uh, that comes up in our, I guess, game mastering style. You know, I'm curious, and I've played in games where... Uh, Grim Jim has run the game and you can just tell that some of the things that we romanticize that it would be these travel influences in world building are very commonplace and not as important in his style as they would be in mine. So I think that, you know, location of home in relationship to our influencing factors plays a big deal. Um, I... I can't specifically say that I can point to a trip or a something that popped up into a game world, but it's more the feeling that I get when I'm there, right? Um, I remember as a teenager, uh, my family had a vacation home in Williamsburg, Virginia. So we went there all the time. And unbeknownst to me then but know now as i look back in retrospect one of the campaigns that i ran that was different was a colonial american campaign that was using i don't even remember what the rule set was but it was some sort of home brewed spiral bound you know i sent five dollars to a guy in his basement and he sent me his rule set thing that gave me muskets and formation 
technique and rules for the battles and that sort of thing. And it, and I went with it. You know, I, it was a tear-off sheet from my local gaming store. And um, I, I used that rule set. Not a thought in my mind said, well, Ryan, you've been going to Williamsburg every summer for the last eight years. Uh-huh. Uh, but that definitely influenced that particular campaign. Likewise, if I, you know, I just came back from South Florida, I can see myself running a dungeon filled with blue-haired old ladies playing slot machines. <laughs> it would be, gr- no, I, in all seriousness, I don't know how that's going to influence me, and I probably won't know. Maybe it's because I'm a big, stupid dummy, right? Until after it happens, and I can look back mm. and reflect on it and say, oh, that's why I have this enemy. That's why I created this NPC. That's why this dungeon looks the way that it does. That's why the the feeling that I was trying to set at the table felt the way that it did and, and those sorts of things. So mine is a less conscious effort and mine is more of a subconscious effort that I uncover later. Again, maybe it's because I'm just an idiot. <laughs> so. Dude, those blue haired ladies playing rummy could be a cultist of a Cthuloid elder God. Oh. And, the, and the cards they play could have secret mathematical knowledge that only that warps their minds and they do all this stuff. There you go. There's your campaign. Randy, we have, <laughs> we have to play something horror themed someday. Let's do it. <laughs> On stream. Yeah, we, we should. Re- we really Let's do. Let's do it. Uh, let's talk about some stories. Randy, you have a big lineup of stuff coming up for you. I am um, so jealous. Tell us about everything, including Big Geek Con. All right. So, yeah, Big Geek Con. It's really exciting. September 22nd and 23rd, a Friday and Saturday. I've got a outline already. We've uh, talked with the hotel. They're even going to expand the place that we have access to. Ooh. Uh, you can still get tickets on tabletop events. Just search Big, big Geek Con. Uh, my buddy Joe Harden and I on uh, Biggest Geekus are doing that. I also have a uh, an adventure called uh, Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. It's an OSR adventure uh, for levels two to four. I just got the PDF on Big Geek Emporium. I'm going to have some hard copies at Big Geek Con for sale. I wrote it with Old School Essentials book right in front of me. That was the intention. So you could play it with your favorite version of OSR. Yeah, I think it's easy. So, And it's uh, $4.99 on Big Geek Emporium. And uh, there's eventually going to be a print-on-demand possibility. So hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, very, very very cool. Check it out. We're excited. Lots of good stuff. Still badges available for Big Geek Con. It is an intimate, fun con. Uh, with and I know a lot of the folks that are going. Um, yeah. I, jealous, <laughs> jealous. I wish you could make. Wish you all could make it. It'd be fun. Uh, well, I I told you it's airfare is the killer. Like and and, and we talked off the air um, with the stuff that I've got going on at my day gig. Yeah, no it's, way. It's just not going to happen. Um, Fair enough. But it is cheaper for me to fly into Saginaw, which yes. uh, which we found out a couple weeks yeah. ago. That's interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows yeah. down the road. Uh, Big Geek yeah. Con, check out Big Geek Emporium and check out Randy's module on Big Geek Emporium. Five bucks. Uh, come on, you can't even get a burger for five bucks. No, man. It's, it's uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm really happy to have it done and already thinking about a sequel. Well, awesome. We are happy for you. We're going to check it out. And uh, we'll toss you a review sometime down the road. Sounds here. good. Um, Kyle, 
We're glad to have you back. Bert, you're leaving us. If you want to follow <laughs> Kyle, you can follow him on the Twitter machine at DyingBreedTT. Uh, you should also probably, while you're at that Twitter machine, follow at NerdCognito. Uh, that is where you can get all the news and info about the show, plus get previews about the stuff that we're going to talk about on this and our sister show, which is a video stream, <laughs> the Saturday Speakeasy, streaming live every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble and X and expanding soon. Uh, we're definitely looking at Twitter and people are still twisting my arm for YouTube. Uh, so I'm, it's it's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm very content and thrilled to, to see you guys there. I'll tell you the one, the one real reason, Kyle, where YouTube might finally, ugh, ugh, I hate to say it, but <laughs> might happen is because of the interactivity. It, it just it just works out so well there because it's integrated into our streaming software. Um, it, right. Interactivity everywhere else is kind of a pain. And Randy, you know this from from yep. Biggest Geekus. Um, yeah, we're on Rumble. We we didn't want to to go into the YouTube space for a lot of reasons, including a, a lot of our friends are there, right? And sure. When you do that, there are some people that can't separate that, hey, there's enough room for everybody. But yeah. it's, it's a bear trying to juggle the platforms to get comp well, comments. Well, I know Ryan, uh, yeah, he, he drops in every now and again and makes comments. And we try to keep a, a rumble. I try to keep a rumble window open. I'm going to try to start keeping a Twitch window open. But I think that's this may be a losing proposition. So oh, I didn't mention to Biggest Geek is 730 Tuesday nights, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, check it out on, on, yeah. on YouTube, Rumble, and Twitch now. Yep. Until you get kicked off of Twitch. That's that's the yeah, other that's, thing. That's destiny. That's destiny. Yeah. Um, so do all of the things. Make sure that you're following all of us. Uh, Randy, we still got to get you on the Twitter machine, man. Yeah. You know, uh, Facebook thinking, is dying, my friend. I got you. Yeah. I got you. You're absolutely right. I know I need. I keep telling myself, get yourself a, tw a Twitter. X, is it, is it still called X now? It's still called X. Yeah. Now, now calling it X does make it a little cooler. Because <laughs> then we become X-Men, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think that that is, is all good. Bert is nowhere, so you can't follow him, except for when he does grace us with his presence yeah. on uh, the Speakeasy, which we, we had two weeks in a row. And we know we're not going to get the third one because he's going to be out of town. <laughs> oh, boy. Fishing in Florida. Sorry, guys. I don't oh, think cool. I'm forgetting anything other than to tell you the last thing we want you to do is to make sure that, A, you are subscribed at the podcast player that you are listening to the big show on right now. Uh, that is dramatically important so that this show gets delivered to you each and every week. And do us a favor and tell a friend. You know, that's the only way and the best way that we grow. Hey, listen to these three jerks and Randy. <laughs> uh <laughs> But uh, it, it is. I want to be a jerk. Let me join the jerk club. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tiptoe around how you say that, Randy. I that know. I just, <laughs> this week and last week, I completely have yeah, foot in mouth. Yeah. Uh, we are super long this week, but it was worth it. It was a good time. So I'm not going to take up any more time. Uh, on behalf of our guest this week, Randy from Biggest Geekus, uh, and Kyle, and Bert, uh, my name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk at you next week. <laughs>
Be safe out there, everybody. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>